Hello and welcome to Camera Eats First. My name is Devin. And I'm Catherine. And together we are Two Marker Girls. We run a vegan YouTube channel and a blog, and this is our podcast, where we talk about things like veganism, how we make our recipes, how we run our blog, some food content, and sometimes we do some vegan news. And that's what we're going to do in this episode. We're going to catch up on some of the trending stories that kind of caught our eye. So, I mean, should we just roll in right into the intro? Like, I don't have yeah. much else to say otherwise, then let's... Uh, Roll it. My, my favorite intro. <laughs> this is Plant-Based News with Kat and Dev, bringing you their unsolicited opinions on the stories and scandals taking the vegan world by storm. Hello and welcome to the news. I'm Devin. And I'm Catherine. Today, making news. This is the main event that we're going to talk about. Catherine, you're not laughing at my joke. Main of Oh, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I was like, wait, I don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> because Maine just became the sixth state to ban sales of cosmetics tested on animals. Which, celebrate! Yeah. So this comes after the governor, Janet Mills, recently signed into law LD1551, which is a legislation that bans the sale of cosmetics tested on animals it makes it illegal for a manufacturer to sell or offer a product that was developed or manufactured using animal testing on or after November 1st, 2021. So that will come into effect as of yeah. November. You go, Janet. Yeah, thank you, Janet. This viola- oh, violation of this new law is punishable by a fine of up to $5,000 for the first day of violation for selling or offering the sale and an additional fine of $1,000 for each day that it continues i feel like that's really low for a big company i was just thinking like if this company's gonna break those rules they're probably a rich company that can afford to yeah like granted i don't know how big of an economy maine is like i know the u.s economy is huge but this is just maine the state this isn't the whole u.s right so like maybe places don't want to break that because they actually don't make a ton of money in maine i don't know but also like i don't know that feels so low yeah, I was surprised to read that number, too. Like, you'd want to bump that up so that they really don't want to do it. Like, a thousand, like, I get that it's 5000 for the first day, but $1,000 a day is nothing. No. <laughs> for a company that's making millions and millions of dollars every year, if not yeah. billions. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's weak. Come on, Janet, we can do better. It, this is a good starting point, but um, let's make sure to punish them properly because... It is it is a very good starting point, but also, like, it made me realize how... Like, again, I don't even know the status of Canada. I'm sure we're allowed to sell those things in every province. But, like, it makes me sad that it's only the sixth state. Right? There's, <laughs> like, there's so many states and Canada doesn't even have any of this. Like, what, what are we doing? Yeah, yeah. Because so in the states, I believe it's California. They passed it in 2018, the Cruelty-Free Cosmetics Act, mm-hmm. and then Illinois and Nevada followed shortly after. And this year, in addition to Maine, Virginia and Maryland, Maryland, Maryland. passed legislation to end cosmetic testing on animals, hmm. which is scheduled to start in January 2022. Those are some random states. Yeah, and it looks like they're also, maybe Hawaii might join. Ooh. Yeah. No, you go Hawaii. <laughs> Just increase the fine. 
Exactly, exactly. I wonder if some states do have it more expensive, like you said, like some of the bigger states. Yeah, because like California has a bigger, has like the fifth biggest economy in the world. And that like, that's including other countries' economies. Like, it's huge. So I'd hope, like, because that's a big ground for companies to go to and become big in because there's so many customers in just that one state. So I'm hoping the fine is big enough in California. That's a good point. So, like, good on California for being, like, one of the first states. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, California's got got a lot of that kind of stuff going on. (laughs) I was going to say, California tends to be the first to do things a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And for them, like, that's only been uh, regulation since January 1st, 2020. So a year and a bit that it's officially been no sale of cosmetics tested on animals. And it's just cosmetics? Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, all it says cosmetics. Yeah. So that means like all other body care type stuff. Yeah, because cosmetics is just like makeup, right? It doesn't include like a lotion, does it? Or a shampoo. I see, to me, I would say it's just makeup. Yeah, I don't know what the proper definition of a cosmetic is. Me neither. We'd have to look into what is in this cruelty-free act, cosmetics act. Here's the, Cal. I looked up the California one. And it's the same as Maine. It's $5,000 for violating the first day and then 1000 for the next day. I feel like companies would, like, the California economy is so huge that I feel like that's ju- that could just be an expense for a company. <laughs> yeah, like, would their sales easily cover that pretty quickly? I, I guarantee it, yes. If it's, like, a really hot product. <laughs> And, like, I, fe- I, I feel like, again, we haven't read this, but I feel like there should be something built in that, like, if, you cont- if you're a repeat offender, then you're just, like, banned from selling. <laughs> yeah. And I wonder, too, like, California's done, like, a year of this, so I wonder how many people or companies have violated it by now. Yeah. Like, I wish there was more things where it was, like, it's just a ban. If you break it, you can't sell here like Mm -hmm. why isn't that the definition of a ban (laughs) or like the well no i think like the first thing should be a penalty of a higher fine and then if you do it again that's it yeah two strikes you're out this ain't baseball (laughs) this ain't baseball (laughs) i like that i like that Catherine. you should be enforcing that this ain't baseball guys (laughs) stop it You know, we did say a lot of, like, negative, but also congratulations, Maine. You did the right thing somewhat. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's great to become more conscious consumers. I mean, I've seen two other big moves, like Body Shop is trying to go, Mm -hmm. like, all cruelty-free by, I think, 2023, did they say? Which I'm, like, actually surprised they weren't already. Yeah, because it feels like so many of their products, you walk in, and I'm always, like, reading them all. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. So, when I saw that news, I was like, wait, what? I was just under the impression that you were already. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they still have a few. Maybe. That they can't say were completely. But I feel like majority of them must be by now. Yes. But, yeah. So, step in the right direction. Hopefully, more of the world follows suit with what Maine just did. Yeah. And then it just becomes the norm not to test on animals, which I still don't understand why we do. I don't know either. Science, I think science should be there by now. <laughs> it really is. I think it is. <laughs> As someone who does, who knows nothing about science, I feel like it's there. <laughs> exactly. Oh, queso. 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 Yeah. Oh, wow. Devin, you're on it today. Wow. I don't know if I have any other puns to transition us after this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, Kite Hill is launching a vegan queso. It's going to be sold at Whole Foods and Sprouts nationwide. Um, it doesn't say when it's starting, but this article is fairly recent, so maybe we'll see it soon. It says mm-hmm. recently launched. So the new product is the first vegan queso made using homemade cultured almond milk. Mm. Yeah, everything Kite Hill does is like almond based, right? That's like their thing. I think so. Yeah. Um, so they say it helps deliver a close to dairy, creamy texture and flavor. And it also has bell peppers, tomatoes and jalapenos. And the eight ounce container will retail for four ninety nine. I don't know how big eight ounces is. Uh, well, the picture looks like your typical like cream cheese size. Like, you know, skinny tub. Yeah. Yeah. I think the size that most of the Kite Hill spreadable yeah. type cheeses come in. Four ninety five feels like a normal vegan product cost for that stuff i think so too like i'm not totally shocked by that price yeah um but i am curious to try it yeah i'm trying to remember like i know we've had have we had anything kite hill i think it's one of those brands that every time i go out west i'm like let me grab some kite hill and try some kite hill (laughs) because we don't really have it around here right no we really don't not that i've seen at least but i don't go to the fancy grocery stores so maybe it's at the fancy ones but like for sure i haven't had any groundbreaking experiences with kite hill so far (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, again, I can't really speak. I feel like if I've had it, I've probably only had it once when we went to Vancouver, but I don't know. But like also, we're still like the market definitely still needs a queso. So definitely. I hope this one's good. PC kind of released like a cauliflower based one here. Oh, yes. Yeah, and good? no, ah. like it's it's good in things. Like, I like it. I made a, like, taco bowl and put that in it, and it was good. It's not good just to dip chips in. The cauliflower was not the right choice for the base. It should have been, like, a tofu or a cashew or something like that. Okay, okay. Because, like, every time I go to the store, I look at it, but I'm like, Catherine hasn't told me anything about it, so I'm going to assume it's bad news. Yeah, it's not great. It's, yeah. I, I would not get it if you're looking for a dip, but it's not horrible when you mix it into, like, if you put it on a taco, if a burrito or something like that. Okay, so moral of the story, we need more queso. Yes. Um, the other part of this Kite Hill launch also included some protein yogurt. Mm, but interesting. I think the, I didn't realize that Kite Hill had recently relaunched their yogurt because customers were giving them some feedback so they wanted to be thicker and creamier and less Mm. sugar so i feel like kite hill might be like trying to cater to someone like you Catherine, who's like kind of picky about their yogurt you know (laughs) yeah but it's it's almond based right i've never had a good almond based yogurt experience that's true that's true (laughs) i mean i'm willing to try it kite hill (laughs) and the the new protein one is a combination of almonds soy and fava beans okay so soy is in there it's not too bad fava beans interesting yeah. i feel you like know, those beans protein. are sneaking up into everything now well you know it's like the, se- it's the new hit bean it's the new hit bean that <laughs> and like mung beans oh yeah mung beans are definitely trendy right now because of just egg obviously yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but the the protein yogurt will come in blueberry strawberry vanilla or plain unsweetened and it comes in the little single serve containers for $1.99 or in a 16 ounce container for $5.99. I wonder what the yogurt business is like down in the States. Like how like, many is there? A lot there are? Of, yeah, a lot of vegan yogurts. Is there a lot of choice? And what is it like? Like what is the best one? What is the, what is the 
general consensus of best vegan yogurt maybe i mean i know you said in the states but like maybe a yogurt taste test oh needs to happen although i think a yogurt taste test would be better if we could taste from other markets you know yes okay but yeah kite hill (laughs) kite hill thanks for the queso if anybody tries it let us know yes all right we're gonna move on to some vegan cooking news we're always talking about wanting more vegan cooking shows but i really didn't expect it to come from an nba player yeah really now so this is basketball player deandre jordan who plays for the brooklyn nets um sorry about your game last night (laughs) he's going to be hosting a new vegan cooking show called cooking clean it has already debuted Mm -hmm. Catherine doesn't like the name i don't i just clean what does that mean when it comes to food it's one of those health shameful health words again and i feel like it's feeding into the whole idea that veganism is only about health yeah um yeah so the show has already started it's going to be an eight episode series and it's on players tv which is is a athlete owned network oh i don't think we get that channel here but maybe it's a specialty channel in the states but it's going to be the first vegan cooking show for that network probably for most networks are in that ballpark players tv i wonder if it'll do well on that network is that something players tv consumers are looking for that is an interesting point like it could be any kind of athlete on that channel right i guess yeah i guess because i don't really know what players tv does already it just to me sounds like it would be something like you would go there to watch sports things (laughs) (laughs) well probably but i feel like a lot of these play like players are becoming their own media companies in a lot of ways once they reach a certain level right so i feel like this is kind of meant to probably support that hmm you know, like Serge Ibaka had a cooking show on YouTube. <laughs> okay, but like this is uh, but it's more about like his was on YouTube though. I mm. meant more about where it is. Like I don't think it's weird that the player's doing a cooking show. I think it's it sounds weird that it's on a network called Players TV. Oh, I mean, I think Serge would have happily put his anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just curious because like, again, I have no idea what Players TV is. We do not have that here. So I don't know. Maybe they do cooking shows already and maybe that's the thing their consumers want maybe and hopefully they uh enjoy this vegan one so it's gonna be mm-hmm. he's gonna demonstrate vegan culinary skills on each 30 minute episode and it's made oh it's made in partnership with bounty paper towels <laughs> beyond meat and eat just weird so is he vegan yeah oh okay i i assumed so but i wasn't sure yeah, and so the first, at least the first episode has already aired. I don't know about the second, but I think it was the first that had the Korean vegan on it, Joanne okay. Mol- yep. Molinero. So I think it's cool that he's bringing on, so he's bringing on like different chefs, different mm-hmm. vegan influencers, and they'll cook the dishes together in the segment and then eat oh, them cool. and kind of like teach people about vegan cooking along the way. Again, I agree with you. I don't know why it needs to be called Cooking Clean. Yeah, it's a really disappointing name. Yeah. And I wonder, too, if he has to feature, like, Just Egg or Beyond Meat in every episode. Which, it's also very interesting that they would name a show Cooking Clean and then put in a processed... Like, to me, when somebody says, oh, this is a very clean product, you it's usually, like, a Whole Foods thing. 
not that like I don't think clean should be used in context of foods, but typically when you think of, oh, this ingredient list is very clean or this is like, and it's kind of weird that Beyond Meat and Just Egg would want to be associated with a thing called cooking clean. Oh, so you think maybe Light Life is sitting over there being like, are you clean though? Are you? <laughs> right, that campaign. <laughs> I forgot about that campaign. But like, you know what I mean? It just like, it feels like a random, like, there feels like there's a disconnect. Like they're like, okay, I'm trying to connect to the people who are here for the healthy diet, but then we're going to bring in Beyond Meat and Just Egg. So, but do you think that that is Beyond Meat and Just Egg being like, we want people to think of us as clean? Maybe. I just, I really wish that word was out of food vocabulary. Me too. Me too. I, I like, we don't need that. And we don't, definitely don't need that in veganism either. Like, why couldn't it be called cooking vegan? <laughs> Yeah, do you think they didn't want to... Here's the thing. The word vegan is more stigmatized than the word clean. So they were like... Cooking plants. Cooking plants. Well, even then, people are like, I don't know, sounds boring. Cooking clean. Oh, I need to Cooking clean, clean has has a little bit more of a... It's a little bit more ambiguous. You don't necessarily know it's about veganism until yeah. you get there and you're like, bam, we're about veganism. Yeah, exactly. Bam. <laughs> I just... I, I wish the name was different. Yeah, I, I agree. And not necessarily that it needs to say vegan in it, because like yeah. our channel, we don't put vegan on our channel or anything like that yeah. either. But you're right. Clean is not a word that we need to be associated with our food unless you're like washing off your produce. Exactly. <laughs> unless you're washing things, then clean can get out of here. All right. Well, that's our feedback on this show that we haven't watched yet. But uh, always happy to see more <laughs> vegan cooking. <laughs> yes. No, yeah. I am very happy to see it. Especially, actually, in the athlete space. I think it's very cool that there seems to be more and more athletes going vegan. It's it's nice to see it in a space where people are like, oh, no, professional athletes can't be vegan. Professional weightlifters can't be vegan. You can't build muscle on a vegan diet. It's very cool to see the growth of the vegan diet in or plant-based diet, whatever you want to call it, in the athlete's area. Yeah, because so many people still assume you can't be an athlete and eat a plant-based diet. And then yeah. you have all these athletes being like, I do it all the time. Yeah. And like turning to it in order to maintain their athleticism. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it's very cool to see. All right. We're going to head over to LA and talk about the newest vegan sports bar, which I think it's a great name. It's called Put Me In Coach. <laughs> <laughs> Put Me In Coach right like how can you not say it like that yeah i know <laughs> so it's a all vegan concept that will serve traditional sports bar staples such as buffalo wings chili dogs pizza by the slice and alongside some mexican street food and korean hmm. classics like bibimbap huh. so random and then they've got some house-made chips inspired by cool ranch doritos Ooh. they really wow. have a little They're bit of all everything over the place going on there yeah which, I mean, everything sounds delicious. I, I agree. I want to go. You can go watch some Clippers game at this sports bar. But if you're not watching the sports, you can actually play some slam ball, some hobby what horse. slam ball? Hobby horse racing and spike ball. Oh, and I guess they would also play other non-basketball sports, huh? Yeah, yeah. They've got baseball, football. Hockey. Other kind of football, the kind that's actually soccer. Other kind of football. <laughs> tennis soccer they said they'll okay. show some vintage sporting events classic sports movies like it, it sounds like a good time 
I mean, I do love a good sports bar. Yeah. Like, that is, I feel like, something that people... I don't know. Even though I'm not that into sports, like I'll watch sports, there's something so fun about going to a sports bar. Sports have great snacks. Yeah, it is such a chi- it's just such a fun atmosphere to be around a bunch of screaming people yelling at a TV. And just like a plate of buffalo chicken of, wings. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of drunk screaming people. <laughs> it's just a fun atmosphere. I wish we had a vegan sports bar here. Well, hopefully, I mean, it's very LA for LA to get one. Yeah. But... I feel like we we could do it here. I think it would do really well. I think so. Uh, I really like what the chef Richard Chang said Mm. about food. When you eat at Put Me In Coach, we want you to feel the same sense of relief that you can only experience when you receive a giant hug from someone who deeply cares about you. Oh. That's like really intense for a sports bar. That's also like, I was going to say, that's not the experience I would be like, this is what I want for my sports bar. (laughs) You're right, but like I feel like a good buffalo vegan chicken wing will feel like a hug. To me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in a lot of ways that speaks to me, but it's a very intense way to describe a sports bar. But yeah, it is also a nice way to, as hopefully this very dark chapter in the 2000s comes to a close hopefully soon it is a nice way to reintroduce yourself to society around a bunch of drunk people screaming at some sports exactly exactly california is going through a lot of their reopening right now so they can go enjoy it yes congratulations california be safe wash your hands wear a mask yep and uh hopefully we can be like that soon too yes fingers crossed knock on wood now let's talk about some more vegan chicken we're gonna talk about this company rebellious foods i think that's how you say it there's a y in there so i don't know if it's rebel use (laughs) or rebellious it's definitely rebel use rebel use yeah that's what i want to say when i see the y there um but they just announced the expansion of their vegan chicken products so they'll be available in 200 safeway stores in the pacific northwest it looks pretty good in the pictures, like on the packaging. They've got, yeah. looks like they've got burgers and they've got tenders. So they retail for $5.99 per package. Of It doesn't say specifically whether the tenders or the burgers, maybe they're the same price. Yeah. On top of that, so this article also mentions that chicken is having a moment right now. So I thought that's kind of why we should talk about chicken as much as possible because we've been saying... We're ready for chicken. To We're have ready a for moment. a chicken moment. <laughs> yeah. So th- it says it's potentially spurred by the rise of the hot chicken and chicken sandwich trends. Plant-based chicken products are hitting the shelves like never before. Companies like Sweet Earth, Incognito, and even Target's Good and Gather brand have all launched new vegan chicken products in the form of nuggets, tenders, and strips. And then you've got lots of restaurants that are also adding in some chicken to their menus. The chicken nugs look great. Right? Yeah. They look exactly like the nugs I would want to get frozen. Yeah. 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 Uh, But we figured we can't talk about vegan chicken without talking about what vegan brand Nugs has done. They did some bad chicken things. So even though they've received so much funding including investments from jay-z recently it seems they still can't fairly pay their influencers yes which is a trend for a lot of 
big companies and little companies, but like big companies are the ones that are harder to justify because you make millions of dollars. <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't, we can't really forgive you because it's not like you're just trying to make ends meet. You're re- literally just ripping people off. Like we've had big companies. I'm not going to name names because I do still like the company, but we've had a big company reach out to us and basically be like, oh, we can give you product for a share. And I'm like, you make millions of dollars. No. Mm-hmm. So do you want to give like a summary of the situation? Um, yeah. So I have actually his post open. So an influencer named Derek Downey Jr. posted one of those like carousel Instagram things, basically detailing his partnership experience with nugs um so basically he says that in november of 2019 uh derek reached out to nugs to collab uh and they were interested so derek said that for a story in a post on the feed it would be 250 bucks which is so cheap yeah like yeah. it's like just to say already it is so cheap and again i don't know how many followers derek had at that point but, like, Derek has over 100,000 followers now. So, like, obviously this was, like, a year and a bit ago. Like, it was a while ago. But, like, I'm assuming they had more than us, at least. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that's that's very cheap. Um, Nugs basically came back saying the rate was too high and asked to pay 125 instead, which is nothing. Yeah. That is no money. And... Derek agreed. Up to Derek. Derek decided to say yes. So Derek made the content, shared it for review, and they requested the video to be reshot vertically in order to fit Snapchat. Derek obliged, and so instead of posting on his page, they would pay him to post it on Snapchat. So resent the content for approval again, and then the response was delayed, started getting very delayed communications from Nugs, and then... Derek had no idea, but his content was already being used at this point when they weren't answering him. And he only found it out because his followers started tagging him in the content they were seeing and the ads they were seeing from Nugs. So this goes to show that he probably had a decent following already at this point because people were recognizing True. him. Yeah. So he probably had a decent following already. So basically, he, Nugs was using content that he made for them in ways that he didn't agree for them to use. Originally, it was just supposed to be a post on his feed. And all of a sudden, they were using it for Facebook ads, Instagram ads, Snapchat ads, all these things, putting a bunch of paid spend behind it. This paid spend that apparently they don't have the budget for. <laughs> putting all this money behind it to advertise a video he made that was supposed to just go on his channel. So he says days after the ad went live, he was paid $250 on February 12th of 2020 because of the high quality of creative work he provided. So that was supposed to be a nice thing of them. Be like, oh, the work was so good, we decided to pay you extra. (laughs) Oh, we still haven't paid you a reasonable amount. Trying to make you feel good about it. We paid you the original amount you asked for, (laughs) which which was still low anyways. Still too low. Yeah. So the ad continued to run. Uh, By the way, Nugs is also owned by, goes by or is owned by Simulate, if you see that one interchanged a lot. Mm. I have no, I've never heard of Simulate before, but I think it's owned, like, they own Nugs. Okay. So they, he was never compensated for the usage outside of what he originally agreed to. So Basically, with content creation, usually you license a brand usage rights to your content in certain ways. So they can't just like if someone does if you don't look over the contract carefully a lot of times or if a brand doesn't know or if a person doesn't know, usually you license it and be like, this can be used on your Instagram for X 
time period, blah, 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 this. And they can't just go and use it on another platform. That's really not how content creation works. Mm -hmm. Nugs was doing that. And then basically to rectify it, Derek reached out and said, requested a flat rate buyout. Basically be like, you're using my content. Here's how much it costs to use my content in this way. And then he was lowballed, basically. Um, They sent this really, really long email basically saying you were paid already, all this kind of stuff. This really like condescending crap that you get from companies a lot. Okay, so then in May of 2021, Nugs reached out to him asking to sign over the rights to the content in perpetuity. I hate this word. Perpetuity. (laughs) which included a non-disparagement clause in the agreement. So Derek's team requested documentation of how the content was used so that they could provide a fair quote. Be like, show me how you want to use it, how you've already used it, so we can make sure that I'm getting paid what I should be getting paid. Yeah, that's good. Because it's not about just, here's the content creation. It's also about the benefits the company gets out of it and where they plan to use it. Basically, the CEO got back and said it was a waste of the company's time to document every single instance that they've used it and that there was no point in doing that and basically just refused to provide it and basically just said we've used it on instagram and facebook instead of saying like this is how we've used it blah blah blah, which again as somebody who has managed ads before yes it can be really a pain especially for a big company they probably run a lot of ads but like you can go back in your ad history and see where it was used like it's possible and it's worth the work and just them saying that it's a lot of work just adds to Derek's case. Like, well, clearly you're using it a lot and it has a lot of value for you. So, yeah. Um, yeah, this is the exact words were, uh, we do not deem this process necessary. It would be a mass waste of time. <laughs> so, yeah. Basically, they said, we shared the content on Instagram and Facebook and it has seen has been seen by millions of people. That's all the context they gave them. So, and then Derek basically showed how much it was being used on his posts. Like, it was used on, I don't know what Gelson is, I don't but know it was that. used on Gelson. Walmart used it as an ad. Notion.co, not sure what that is either. Facebook, Instagram, from Nugs itself. So, it's being promoted everywhere, literally everywhere. And they're using it also to get paid promos on like Walmart's page yeah. and all this kind of stuff. So it's huge. He basically ends it with he got paid $250 for a company to make millions off of his ad. Um, with just a brief history so people can put this into context, Derek was so kind to put this into his post. But basically, uh, this is this is the timeline of things. February 2020, the creative was is first used and goes on to reach at least 21 million people without his permission. Consumers are only able to purchase Nugs online at this time. July of 2020, Nugs announced it would this week the sales have grown tenfold during the last six months. So that's about six months since they started using his content. Uh-huh. Uh, July of 2020, again, they announced that they it, it's raising of $4.1 million. And then June of, June of 2021, Nug's products are now sold in Whole Foods, Target, Walmart, Sam's Club, Uber Eats, Postmates, and more. And they announced another raise of $50 million. And Derek believes, rightfully so, that his content, if not just helped in any way, but really, really propelled significant growth for this company. And looking at the timeline, it seems Derek is correct. <laughs> yeah. And like, again, the fact that they were using it so often and in so many ways and like so many ways beyond just the nugs platform like the fact that it was on walmart and stuff like that that's going so extreme with a piece of content that you barely have the rights for 
but they think they can get away with it because oh he's just an influencer yeah so yeah this has been a lot of talk at least in the like influencer community it's gotten a lot of reach there i don't know nugs has also i don't think addressed it at all nugs well i also went to their page and they nugs and simulate also post these really ridiculous memes a lot and like some of the memes are kind of like i don't know it's just weird they almost seem like they're making fun of the situation without actually addressing the situation sometimes so like it's very weird i it's not a good situation for nugs at all it's an even shittier situation for Derek to be in because even though Derek has a hundred thousand followers influencers really don't have a lot of control in this space yet which really sucks and this is a perfect example of it too right companies taking advantage and so I think it's an important thing to point out like the contracts that you get from any company read it thoroughly send it back like fight for those rights for your content and yeah. like it sucks that Derek had to learn he's kind of learned this the hard way because someone has seriously screwed him over and is still yeah. not giving him what he's due but it really is a reminder that like man you gotta read these content and like think so far in advance it's that part where you think about how you're going to allow them to use your content moving forward that even sometimes I forget about and then you see the contracts that we get it's like oh yeah we have to think about all of these other things yeah yeah, it was one of the things that this year I tried to really make sure, like, we don't do a lot of partnerships. And that's not necessarily because we don't, like, people don't reach out to us or people don't want to partner with us, but it's also because we want to make sure it's worthwhile for us in cost. Because, again, like we've mentioned, this isn't a full-time job for us. One of the nice things about that is we don't rely on this income in order to support us. So we can turn things down a little easier, but also we want to make sure that like we're, we're spending so much time outside of our daily work on this stuff. We don't want to waste our time for no money when we could be doing something that we just really enjoy instead. Like I would rather do something that's really fun and for us than being underpaid for work. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so that was something that we tried to do. So like even a company we worked th- with this year, like we made sure there was licensing terms in there. Like they could only use the content for X amount of time. Uh, they could only use it on certain platforms, blah, 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 all this kind of stuff and how they can use it. So it's one of those things that like, it's more effort on the influencer side, but it's worth it in the long run. But unfortunately, you'll get less work because of it. Yeah, I was going to say, you're going to be met with some friction either from the companies being like, oh, well, usually we don't have to say all these things, which is just a sign that like not enough content creators have that know-how in their contracts to have these things listed. So yes, the companies are going to give you friction, but that's just because they haven't had to face it, but they need to, you know? Yeah. Like it's just because everyone's trying to catch up with this completely unregulated thing that is growing and so out of control and still like there's no um regulation like there's no standards to it so it's so different when you go to a different company and they don't see your contract and so for any kind of contract uh content creator who is still trying to develop their contracts add those things in and don't be afraid of the friction don't be afraid of not getting the contracts like i know it's not our full-time thing so we can say no to it because we're not dependent on it but don't let them take advantage of you because if they start taking advantage of you they're going to think it's okay to take advantage of every other creator they work with yeah 
And the more creators they work with that are like, hey, no, this is actually what it, this is what's actually the norm is licensing for however many years or a year or six months or whatever at this cost. And you can only use it here, here, here. Or it's only to be posted on my thing. You can't reshare it. You can't do this. Whatever it is. Like the more people that say that, the more it becomes. This industry is still new, but in a way it's also not new. Like it's new because we're doing it in a different way. But content creation agencies have existed for years. And in there, like anytime you work for an agency, there is a licensing agreement in that thing. Like you can only use it. You don't own the content or whatever the agreement is. Like every agency does it differently. But the more those terms are brought to... because. A content creator is just an agency with a platform. That's all it is. It's different. It's the exact same thing. So you, in a sense, have more power than an agency because you actually have an audience to also share their brand with. So the more you demand these things, the more it's better and the more this industry evolves and gets to a place where there's a standard no you need to create an influencer budget that outside of just we're giving away free product. This is like a whole mini influencer content creator lesson within our news segment i love it yeah (laughs) but yeah it is very hard to do and of course every creator has the right to do whatever they want with their platform if they choose to do swaps for products that's totally fine but i will say even from past experience i don't think that getting free content getting like I think a lot of people are like, oh, I'll do work for free and then paid work will come. That's not always the case. Sometimes people just expect you to do it for free then. Yeah. So if you do get into a situation where it's not, they're not going to give you as much, maybe it's a smaller company, right? And they don't have the budget right now or something like that, but you still want to do it, work it into your contract that you were giving them a discount. So set like, this is not my norm. I want to do this work for you, but I want you to know that this is an exception. So it won't always be, I won't always be able to do this price. That's how you can still take on those lower contracts, but still maintain your level of standard that you deserve to be paid for. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, because that's something like we did actually a bunch of work for one company this year. And one of the things we gave them a discount on, but we made sure they knew we were giving them a discount because we worked with them a bunch of other places. And they did not argue with our rate Mm -hmm. at all, which was very nice. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't argue with our rate. They asked about uh, the licensing. But as soon as we explained it, they're like, oh, okay, Yeah, that's it. Like. So there are companies out there that are willing to, and this is a smaller company, I would say, but like there are companies out there that are willing to do it. You just kind of have to find them. Remember, there are a ton of influencers out there, so brands will brush you aside really quickly, but there are also a ton of brands out there. So even if a brand says no, there's another brand that's probably willing to work with you. Exactly, exactly. Okay, I hope this was helpful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I hope it was helpful. And I hope, remember, just... Stick to what you feel you're worth. Yeah. Not necessarily what your audience is worth. That's a part of it, but also what your work is worth. Mm-hmm. And hopefully Nugs will pay Derek or like, I don't know how Derek gets justice out of this situation. Yeah. And I don't know how Nugs gets their reputation back. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I don't, I have no desire to purchase them. Yeah. And not to like shit on nugs but i've tried them they're not very good (laughs) (laughs) i mean to each their own i like gardein better but (laughs) and there you go yeah 
Um, the only other thing we have for our news segment is kind of just some notable mentions. Mm-hmm. So a few news segments ago, we learned that Kit Kat was developing a vegan Kit Kat. And wow, it's actually, it actually came to life. Like it's real. And it's, apparently it's here so quickly. Yeah. I, I think we, I never expected it. I mean, we said we would keep tabs on them to make sure. And here we are, keeping tabs on They're them. popping up all over the UK. Yeah, yeah. Now, I know, like, a lot of people are choosing probably not to support because Nestle is kind of a crappy mm-hmm. company, which is totally fair. But I think it's still good to see those kind of, like, classic products coming out in a vegan version for all the people who might not necessarily be completely vegan, but maybe they'll buy the vegan one instead. Yeah, and I do think when you see someone as big as Nestle doing something, it signals to other companies as well. That too. So if Nestle's willing to put their money behind it, other companies see that and they're like, oh, Nestle has so much money, so much money for resource or for research. Nestle probably knows something we don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's let's make our own vegan options. <laughs> and then the other little announcement is a more local one globally local (laughs) has decided they are going to be rebranding as odd burger and so that will come into effect in july and i'm sure we'll get a full a more of a story about the yeah idea behind the change but yeah that's interesting to see as they are planning to expand and grow i guess they like outgrew their globally local how do you feel about the name change dev i mean i think it's a fun name I think it was a smart name change. Yeah, I'm very curious to hear like how they came up with it. Yeah, I think to me, Oddburger has this like, it almost sounds like you, like those like mom and pop burger shops that just kind of open up where yeah. it's just like they're like smash patties. Not that they do that there, but like that's what you kind of think of that like just like one off little burger place, that trendy place that just pops open. That's what you kind of think of. And I think that's a good thing to be associated with if they want to become this like fast food place for everybody, not just vegans. Exactly. Yeah. It feels like it's a name that they can grow with better. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm excited to see more of the branding as they release it. But it looks like the brand color is pink and I love it. Right? Me too. Like I was trying to think, I was like, ooh, I wonder why they went with pink. But I was like, I guess if they're trying to compete with like a McDonald's and a thing eventually, McDonald's has red and yellow. A and W has orange. Wendy's has red and a different color. I don't know. Mm. Uh, so like those colors are kind of already very saturated. Pink just stands out. Yeah. Yeah. I did like their sky blue before. So I hope we still like have a little bit of sky blue in there. I think it'll go well with the pink. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm. that's why I'm very curious to see more of their like brand uh like the symbols the colors the fonts everything that they use i'm very excited yeah yeah no it's awesome to see them continue to grow because it's such a good restaurant yeah okay uh the only other little little piece of news is that i discovered that osmos now has vegan garlic sauce and oh my gosh like that's such a game changer because they, so they have the beyond meat shawarma yes and Catherine, i know you're not like huge on yeah i do not like osmos i freaking love it so good i will admit like sometimes you go to a place and they've just overcooked the beyond meat which we know like places are still adjusting to cooking with plant-based alternatives i I will say it wasn't even like the beyond meat was fine it was just the flavor i didn't like (laughs) it was 
too intense. I don't know if this, maybe we just got a weird batch, but like there was so much spices going on in my mouth and I could not take it. I was just like, this is so overwhelming for my senses right now. I don't like this. But it's, it's always been like the garlic sauce is something that a lot of people go to Osmos for kind of like it's the, it's the topping that is kind of top tier there. And so I'll admit there's been times when they've accidentally put the garlic sauce on mine. So I know what it tastes like. (laughs) So you know what to compare it to. Yeah. So I knew what I was missing too. So I'm very excited to be able to add that to my Beyond Meat shawarma. Yeah. I will say anyone who does go, don't get the hot sauce. It's so hot. It is really hot. Yeah. I don't bother adding it. We did it. like and they do like usually just like a line down the center or whatever at least on ours they did and like I would just do little bits at a time but I was like I don't actually think I can eat the patch with hot sauce on it because I'm dying yeah yeah I was like sometimes I just need to be able to enjoy everything else it's too much yeah I was like this is one of those hot sauces that I don't have the uh taste buds for so it doesn't enhance the flavor it just burns my mouth and ruins the entire flavor yeah yeah I found that too yeah All right. Well, that's going to be it for this edition of In the News. I'm Devin. And I'm Catherine. And that's the way the plant-based cookie crumbles? I don't know. That's how nugs crumbles. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Crumble and fall. Well, I like how this news segment included a cheeky little contract lesson. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not that we're experts, but... (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But as usual, we will link all of the news stories that we have mentioned in the show notes if you want to go check them out and read more. And that's going to be it for this episode. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. And if you want to check out any of our vegan food content, we're at twomarkergirls.com, twomarkergirls on YouTube, on all the socials. You can DM us. If you find any news, we want to know about it. Yeah. Let's go get a shawarma. Oh gosh. <laughs>